Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interview. My name is Sir Royce Brialis with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Ah, oh, man, I'm great, man. No complaints over here, man. I'm looking at this beautiful background, man. It looks like a beast behind you, man. What's... <laughs> it looks great behind you, man. Uh, I got a, got a special uh, guest, uh, Dwayne Wilson. How's it going, man? Doing good, doing good. Uh, just enjoying the weather, and I, I wish my background was real for me to be able to get to it, <laughs> but you know what? It, it's all a matter of not uh, uh, if, but always when. So that, that's, that's the mentality I always keep with me. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man, your, your smile fits the background, man. So I, I, I couldn't tell them difference, man. I thought it was real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks for having you, man. Uh, can you tell us uh, what you do? And, uh, and you mentioned you don't have any children. So if you could tell us about, like, your dad and what he means to you. Yeah. And, and even though I don't have children yet, um, it ties a lot in what I do professionally, uh, especially working with uh, children. And a lot of that has to do with uh, the influences I had from my father growing up. And so uh, what I do for a living, I, I'm a uh, vice president of strategic development for an organization called the Gratitude Network. It is a global organization that works with different entrepreneurs around the world that are making a difference in the lives of children. And we help support them so that they, their organizations can build and grow. And over the last seven years, we're nearing about 40 million youth and children around the world that we've been able to reach and make an impact. And I've always had a passion for working with youth because some of those experiences were precious to me, spending time with my dad growing up. Uh, my dad is also named Dwayne Wilson. So we're going to start there. That's, that's the first connecting point. We share the same name. Uh, but one of the memories I always had is that my dad always had a, a life of service, whether it was like volunteering for different organizations, uh, going camping to teaching me track and field techniques. Uh, it was always about anything that he taught me. He always said I had a responsibility to share and teach that to others. And so that kind of put me on the lifelong path of service, whether it's from volunteering to uh, starting businesses and see how he started a couple of different businesses. And so for me, those were just some of the influences of my childhood. And here I am as uh, 35 and still asking him questions about life. <laughs> so would you say like service was the greatest lesson or um, thing that your father instilled in you? Uh, service and being able to go with the flow of life. Uh, one of the things I love about my father is that I've never really seen my father get angry uh, at things. Like if something happened, it's like, okay, where's the silver lining? Can I find in this? How do I spend this to my advantage? And how do I be thankful for the opportunity that I had so that I can continue to build forward? And I've kind of used that same life lesson internally where if I have a setback, I'd always kind of go like, okay, how would my mom handle it? Okay, she would handle it one way. How would my dad handle it? Okay, he would probably handle it a different way. And so just being able to approach things with a calmness allows me to continue to do the work. Uh, that can be high pressure, uh, high pressure, high stress, but be able to take it in stride so that way I don't burn out from doing the work that in my mind, I look at as a mission. How am I empowering young lives? How am I working with youth around the world? How am I able to take some of his, his lessons that he learned from his dad 
and he shared it with me. So that way, you know, I can't wait to be able to do that and, uh, and share those same lessons with my future children as well. What would you say was a lesson that uh, your dad passed down from your grandfather? Oh God, there was a ton of them. Um, <laughs> I think, like, what's the best one that would be good for podcasts? <laughs> no, it's dirty, man. Yeah. There's a couple of them. <laughs> hey, this is uh, for the grown-ups, man. <laughs> Probably, well, one of them was, like, uh, life is too short for bad food and bad liquor. There you go. And I think uh, the That's pandemic really <laughs> – and for me, the, the, the pandemic really kind of uh, illustrated that. You know, I, I, I like to collect different wines. I like to collect different things. And it's like – all right, we got to save this for a special occasion. Well, is the sun up? Do I have my health? It's a special occasion then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it taught me just to be able to live an, live an adventurous life. One of the things that uh, my, uh, my grandfather passed when I was very, very young, so I really didn't have a lot of memories with him. But he, some of the lessons that my grandfather and my grandmother did is that they always traveled around, not just the U.S., but they actually went on international trips, sure. even – in the sixties. And so for black folks doing that during the sixties and even fifties, you know, that, that was pretty interesting hearing some of their yeah. stories. And so they kind of imbued in me in that, you know, no matter what challenges you may see out there, still go for the adventure because you never know what kind of memories and experience you'll be able to gain from it. Yeah. And so I take that to this day. So did you say your, um, your dad and your grandfather were entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. What, so what, yep. um, what did they do? What type of businesses did they have? Yeah. Uh, uh, back in the day, my, my grandfather and my grandmother started a business called uh, Ultra Unique, uh, which was a, a set of stores in Chicago. And it sold, um, whether it's like greeting cards, uh, whether it was uh, just different products uh, that folks can use for fundraising, churches can use, uh, or everyday uh, citizens can come and buy things uh, for their home. Uh, or for gifts. And so from there, then my grandmother also did real estate. Uh, my my uh, grandfather was one of the first uh, uh, African-American salesmen. If not, he was the first African-American salesman in the Midwest for Procter & Gamble uh, back in the day when he won an award. And when he was going to go to the country club, they didn't realize he was black and he wasn't allowed in. Sure. And, and so just hearing something from that experience of him getting, you know, a prestigious award and wasn't allowed at the country club that invited him to get the award, but he yeah. took it all in stride was if you're a trailblazer, it's not always going to be easy, but you never know what kind of path you can open for everybody behind you. And so I, I took some of those, those lessons uh, from them starting that business. My father's saying uh, professionally since he was like nine years old uh, for a variety of different weddings, different albums. And even though I may not sing on anything, I do voice work for TV and radio. And so that's the running joke is that on that side of family, they sing, oh, me, I just use my voice. Uh, but for them, it was always uh, an opportunity of how do we utilize our existing gifts and talents to benefit our families, to support and provide additional lessons for our children. And how do we do that to pass on that mindset of, whatever we have for our generation, how do we help make sure the next generation has more opportunities? And so I, I, I take that in stride every day. That's dope. You know, um, so like knowing like everything that your, your granddad went through um, and like some of the lessons that he gave to your father, what are some of the things that 
uh, stand out to you from you all's relationship that you would want to pass on to, to your children specifically? Yeah, well, one of the things that I, I would hope to be able to have uh, with my son or daughter is that, you know, my, my dad is one of my best friends. Uh, like we love going to uh, sporting events. Um, we even watch some of the same cartoons and movies. And now that I'm an adult, you know, I'll, I'll have a glass of uh, scotch or a beer and we're watching, you know, maybe like Rick and Morty or something else, even though we're hundreds, if not thousands of miles apart. You're like, did you see that last episode? Yeah, man, that was crazy. <laughs> and just being able to have that type of nurturing relationship. And so that, that's one of the things I definitely want to pass on is that it's okay to be friends with your parents, but, but still have uh, be firm and build, and build those barriers, especially during those adolescent years. Uh, the other one is that no matter how many things that you can learn electronically, it's still good to learn how to do things tactfully. So yeah. even though I haven't changed my brakes in probably like 20 years, my dad still taught me how to change brakes in the car, <laughs> taught me how to change oil in the car, how to change a tire, uh, how to tie a tie. I, I, I was learning how to tie a tie when I was six years old. So he taught me some of those formal things as well as some of those uh, things that I'm sure there's probably some small book out there. Here's everything that men should know. Oops. Here's everything, uh, something uh, men should know by a certain age. And so thankfully, my dad was able to teach me a lot of those things that I was able to show some of my, my friends who didn't have fathers in their lives. Uh, many of them, I showed them how to tie a tie. When I ran a youth center in Chicago, uh, I had an event where I gave away suits. Uh, I gave away ties. And it's one thing where you got many, many uh, young men, you're giving them suits and getting them ties. And you're thinking, wait, how many of these guys have had somebody show them how to tie the tie. And so show them how to tie it into a regular tie. If they needed a bow tie, I even showed them that YouTube video of somebody taking that necktie and turned it into a bow tie. So that way, if they go to an event, they know how to do it, uh, uh, you know, to kind of show it as a cool trick. But it's no matter where you come from, know how to be able to be, uh, go in any environment and have the confidence to know that you belong there, not will I be accepted. And that's something that, um, just learning from, as I said, from my grandfather, not being allowed at a country club, they didn't accept him there, but the company found out and they said, Hey, you know what? We're going to leave this event because you didn't allow this employee who basically were honoring to come in. So the lesson that my grandfather taught my dad from that is that treat everybody with respect and, and do right by everybody. So if something isn't good, how do you make it right? You know, the, um, the part about the tie that's big, like, I didn't learn how to tie a tie. Um, I think, actually, it was uh, the day of my prom. Okay. My, my, <laughs> grandfather, my grandfather showed me how to, like, tie my tie on, on my prom day. So, I guess, That's like, 18. Day, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's big. Like, having those skills. I mean, they may seem like it's nothing, but really, even in that process, it's bonding. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, my son just asked me to teach him how to shave. He wants to get the shave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I use clippers, man. I don't uh, get busy like that, but, hey, I can do it for you, man, because that's, that's what you want. You want the whole experience. I had that experience. My dad did that to me, put the shaving cream on me and had me fake shave. Like, those moments. I did that, too. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you can't. You can't not forget those moments, man. Those moments stick with you throughout forever, man. And it goes down to the next generation. Yep. I think that's important, man. I asked you a question, uh, 
during this process, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? I normally ask this question towards the end of the interview, but I kind of want to do it now because you had a very, very interesting take on it. So, uh, Dwayne, you said uh, what fatherhood means to me is not just the transfer of knowledge and skills, but also the legacy of impact to the world. We each, uh, we each have different journeys and I am blessed to continue to learn from my father on career, self-care, and I am blessed to continue to learn, I'm sorry, I said that already, and now, and now marriage. Although I may not have children of my own yet, much of my career in youth development and education is knowledge that I've transferred to my father, from my father to the next generation. So a lot about a lot of what you talked about already to this point has been that, but uh, did you want to elaborate even more so? Yeah, on that one one of one of the big things, and that's what kind of what ties into life of service is that uh, if uh, I was at a sporting event that I was competing in, if I was in Boy Scouts and we were camping somewhere, what was fun for me to see was that my dad wasn't just a dad to me; he was also kind of like a dad to some of the other guys. That, that were at events where they may not have had any parents that came out to the event. He'd go like, how you doing, son? How's school going? Uh, what are you up to? How are your grades? What can I do to help out? And what, what's interesting is that I, I literally just flew back in town yesterday from a wedding and some of the other groomsmen were like, hey, how's your dad doing? And so I thought that was interesting was like, these are guys we haven't seen, in all, seen each other in almost 10 years. And one of the first things they say is, how's your dad doing? And for me, that kind of really resonated because it's like, even though they probably haven't seen my dad in even longer than 10 years, just in the moments in time of him talking to them right before they run at a track meet or at one of the concerts, because I was in different music programs, just that warm genuineness of somebody who may not necessarily be in your household literally is an impact beyond your immediate circle, beyond your immediate life. And for me, I, I, I take that lesson seriously because it's like, even I may not have children of my own yet, anytime my kids will do something, how can I just reach out and just talk to the other kids, ask them how they're doing, ask them what their name is. Cause we know a lot of times if kids don't hear their name, they don't think that they're cared about. But if they, if you use their first name and says, Hey, Alex, how are you doing today? It's like, Oh, here's somebody that cares. Here's somebody that hears me. Here's somebody that sees me. And so just being able to see that literally over this past weekend of somebody remembering, you know, interacting with my dad, it's like, okay, there's something to be a man in all situations at all times and in all means and in all ways. And sometimes it can just simply being a warm human being to somebody who you don't know what battles they're facing or fighting. And so just being able to see that with my dad, I'm like, I, I, I hope I can be half the dad that my dad was uh, being able to do those same type of uh, interaction with, uh, you know, other kids. And so how that's impacted me career wise is that when I ran a youth center in Chicago, uh, the, the scare, the, it was scary at first, but I actually got father's day cards from, from some of the kids. I'm like, I only met some of y'all for about uh, a couple of months. Why am I getting father's day? Card? Why am I getting father's day text message? Uh, but I had to realize, I'm like, you know what, for many of these young men that I'm mentoring, that I'm uh, working with, I may be the closest thing for a father that they have or if from a positive standpoint. And so instead of me running from that, I learned how to embrace that. I learned how to say, hey, how are you guys doing? How's your family doing? 
Has everybody got enough food? Can I write some grants to get some additional resources to you? Okay, nobody's going to your graduation. I'll go to your graduation. Okay, nobody's doing a graduation party. Okay, we're going to have a group graduation party for everybody who's not going to have a graduation party. And so I looked at ways on how do we make them, how do, especially young men, how do we make sure that they're seen, that they're heard? Uh, for the young ladies, uh, I wanted to make sure that they always felt safe and protected, even on their own. So I even instituted free martial arts program to teach them self-defense. Uh, a lot of the young ladies didn't feel that they had access to technology. So I even had a laptop giveaway. So it's like, Hey, you do this book club, you get a laptop. And I even had some of the fathers come in and say, Hey, you, uh, got my daughter a laptop. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. We always wanted to make sure that she had the tools for the future. And because she connected with you and your team, you know, I wasn't able to do it, but I'm grateful that there's somebody out there who, who, supports my family and supports my daughter. And so for me, that's what's kind of continued to stay imbued in my life on a life of service. How can I impact the lives of children? Because I saw the lives that my father impacted outside of me. <laughs> so let me ask you, like, what is, what, um, what kind of advice did your dad give to you about relationships and marriage? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, 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 one of the uh, great things I, I, I'm happy that he was able to do this was uh, I got married back in 2019. And my, my greatest wish was I always wanted my dad to sing at my wedding. Uh, I, I, I've seen him sing at different weddings, sing at different events, but I always wanted him to be able to sing at my wedding. And so thankfully he was able to sing at my wedding. And just the time we spent, because uh, I had a destination wedding, you know, before the pandemic. So glad we were able to do that. <laughs> But just talking about, I was like, son, listen, marry a woman smarter than you. Uh, make sure that you take care of yourself so that way you can take care of her, but still leave room for her to be able to take care of you as well. Because uh, I know sometimes we can be mantras like, I got it, I got it. It's like, I may have this, but what can you help out with? Hey, I can cook this, but can you cook that? Or, hey, uh, I can run this errand, but can you run that? And just being able to to collaborate, to listen, to be, to, to build a team. Uh, and especially that resonated deeply with me hearing this from my dad. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was very young and my dad remarried uh, when I was young as well. I love my, uh, uh, my stepmother. And what's great is that my mom and my stepmom get along great. <laughs> so for me, just seeing my dad uh, sit in the middle of them, or sometimes they would sit together at whether it was at a concert or a sporting event or any special event going on in my life. He basically made sure there was no drama. And so for me, I try to live a drama free life as much as possible. And the best example I, I, I could see is with my dad. My dad could have numerous moments that it could have been drama. And it's like, huh, I didn't realize that drama could happen in those situations until I talked to some of my other friends like, man, Dwayne, I don't even want my parents in the same room. I don't want my parents even in the same state. And they're like, Dwayne, I see your parents, your, 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 both your moms are coordinating uh, dinner uh, uh, for you and some friends. So I'm like, that was my, that was my baseline. That was my norm. And so uh, being able to listen uh, uh, to your significant other, being able to spoil your significant other, it can be like, hey, what is their love language? It can be acts of service. So whether it's cleaning, uh, is it gifts? Is it uh, even just uh, listening? Uh, those were some of the things that my dad 
taught me in terms of relationship and making sure that you spend time intentionally and being present uh, versus, all right, yeah, 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 I'll do something and you just both sit down and watch TV. But it's like, hey, let's go to dinner or hey, let's cook dinner together. Hey, let's go on a trip and do sightseeing. Hey, let's play Uno. It doesn't even have to be electronics. It can be like, hey, I'm learning about your day. You're learning about my day, but we're building something together. And in the words of Prince, you know, we're, we're gathered here today for this thing called life. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Prince, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so was it, was, it always, was it always like that between your mom and your, and your stepmom? Where they, yeah. it wasn't? Oh, that's interesting. There, there, was, there was never any drama. And, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm forever grateful for. And it's not until as I got older, I'm like, Man, for a lot of my friends who've had, you know, were in uh, divorce situations growing up, I heard a lot of drama stories and understandably so, but because I didn't have that, it made me really appreciate, you know, my dad kind of being in the middle. They, they all pretty much agreed. It's like, hey, you know what? We have a son because I'm an only child. So that's probably another factor too. Let's make sure that if there's any potential drama, we're making sure that we focus on our son. We're making sure we're focused on our family so that way in his future, when he starts a family, he will have the lessons and tools in order to impart that knowledge. And that's something I, I'm always forever grateful about. That's cool. How old would you say you were when your mom and your dad got divorced? I believe I was about six years old. Yeah. And then my dad got remarried when I was about 10. So take me through that four-year window, if you can remember back. How did that? Well, that's back in the day. <laughs> what do you remember most about that transition from uh, your mom and dad being together to them not being together? Yeah, uh, probably the most I remember from that transition was um, it, it was very, very gradual because it's like when my uh, mom, uh, my parents had a house in uh, Broadview and then my mom and I moved to Bellwood in the Chicago land space, that's not that far. That's literally probably about a 10 minute drive at most in traffic. Uh, and so what was great is that, you know, it wasn't like, well, I can only see my dad on certain days of the week. There was none of that. Uh, I was always able, you know, I, I was in Cub Scouts at the time. So both my parents would be at the little Cub Scout uh, uh, gatherings. Um, whenever my, my dad would drop me uh, back off at my mom's house and vice versa, you know, they were always cordial. Uh, and if there was different family events, they would still both come to the, uh, the family events. So for me, at least for my eyes and at least during that time period, I couldn't sense or, or, or you know, see any drama. And it's not to say that there wasn't anything behind the scenes. You know, as adults, we try to make sure uh, we, we have the best image or, or the best uh, uh, things in place, especially uh, when it concerns kids. But it wasn't anything that directly impacted me. Now, granted, I kind of noticed, I'm like, oh, I got two houses now. I didn't realize why I had two houses. I'm like, oh, I'm at dad's house, which is cool. I get to play Nintendo and stay up late and uh, eat pizza. And I got, uh, I'm at mom's spot where she doesn't cook, but, you know, we, we get food from different spots. So for me, uh, it was just, especially because they live so close to one another and I literally would uh, see each other multiple times per week. I think that's probably something that really helped out during that transition time versus if it was, oh, you can't see so-and-so or, or a lot of those challenges that I see uh, different couples go through that are divorced. Um, 
I, I can definitely say, at least from my little eyes, my little six-year-old eyes, uh, it, it was very, it was, it was cordial in a way that didn't cause me harm. And, and that's something that I'm very grateful of because I know I have a couple of friends where it was a bad divorce and it caused them harm. Yeah. What's your uh, school? Did you go to, man? I'm, I'm currently recording from Bellwood. Uh, okay. Team were born and raised in Bellwood. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I lived off of Bowling Avenue, uh, oh, yeah. and um, but I didn't go to school in the area. I, I went to a private school in Schaumburg because that's uh, eventually where my dad moved to. Uh, was in Schaumburg, so it was easier uh, for my dad to pick me up, and my mom worked in Schaumburg, so that's why I went to school in Schaumburg. But every day came home uh, uh, to Bellwood. But uh, I was in Cub Scouts uh, and, the, uh, and then eventually Boy Scouts. So I, I did uh, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts at St. Eulaia uh, since they have a pretty uh, uh, active uh, troop. And I, I went to James Memorial uh, AME Church. That's over in Maywood. So a lot of the fun recreational activities I did were in roughly the same area, but I went to school outside the area. That's cool. So I want to like fast forward a little bit and yeah. uh, ask you about like your wife. What qualities did your wife possess that your dad like told you to 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 you know to look out for and a good woman yeah. or the woman that you uh, will want to marry? And is your wife like your mama? <laughs> she 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 has elements of my mom, but she has enough differences from my mom. Yeah. But uh, probably the the one thing I some of the things I love about my dad and some mom's relationship is that they're they're playful. Uh, they're playful. They don't take each other too serious. They learn how to relax. They can chill, and that's something that I really wanted. And a spouse is that who can I just at the end of the day just chill, kick it. We can watch a movie. We can play a game. We can. Uh, travel and just be big kids because uh, that's what my my dad and stepmom uh, have always been. They've had different uh, professions, have run different things, but at the end of the day, you know they still they they enjoy spending time with one another. And that's so that was one of the key things my dad said is like it's like son, I don't believe in soulmates. I believe you build one over time as you build a relationship with who you're supposed to be with. Uh, and then the other point of advice for me seeing how their relationship is is that for me, I kind of use that as the template for my relationship. They support one another. They don't keep any secrets from one, one another. Because somebody says, well, I got a secret. Well, whatever you're going to tell me, my wife is going to know. So ask yourself, do you really want to tell me? <laughs> um, they uh, uh, support uh, each person definitely through sickness and health. Uh, as I said, my, my, my dad uh, is a cancer survivor from prostate cancer. Uh, my dad is also a heart attack survivor. Uh, from that. My uh, stepmom also has a number of different health conditions, but through it all, they work together in sync. And through all those challenges, they both can still have a sense of humor. And and that's one of the things I I love about it is that no matter what things life has thrown them, they've still been able to find the silver lining and still come together on all those things. And so those are things that uh, my my wife and I continue to to work on and, and build every single day. And also, it's good to be with somebody who you laugh, so that way you always got uh, something to keep you uh, entertained. My old, my wife, I love her dearly, and she can be goofy, but she's also wicked smart. And, and so I know that was one of the running jokes is that um, my I met my wife actually through uh, a, a two different scholarship programs in high school, even though we didn't date at all uh, back in the day. And 
my my dad uh, uh you know kicked it off with her dad uh my mom kicked it off with her mom since uh my mom and her mom are sorority sisters uh uh her dad and me were fraternity brothers so it was just a way of just hitting it off back then not really knowing what the future uh uh, uh was going to be and so uh what i love about uh, my dad especially when he looks at fatherhood is that he doesn't say, oh, this is my daughter-in-law. He tells everybody, oh, yeah, there's my daughter. Right. And, and so the same thing with my, my in-laws. You know, they, they don't say, like, oh, there's our son-in-law. Oh, this is our son. And so just seeing them come together and seeing that full embrace, because my, my wife is also an only child, uh, it, it, it's truly powerful for me. And especially right now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, before we started recording, uh, my, my father-in-law recently had a stroke. Right. And my mom, dad, and stepmom all came over to help out and, and they still uh, occasionally help out. So it's just that almost fairy tale blending of families coming together in, in good situations and in challenging situations and knowing that, you know, through it all, we got each other's back. And, and I, I could not feel more blessed uh, to be able to have that. Well, that's a great thing, man. So how did um, how did you all reconnect after high school? Yeah, well, we uh, uh, I was still in Illinois at the time because when we went to college, we went uh, completely different states. She went to the East Coast. I went I uh, went to Iowa, and uh, then we came back. I actually helped her get her first and second jobs. <laughs> right. I helped her get her first job at one of the uh, companies I worked at, and then I eventually went uh, went deeper into the nonprofit space and uh, became a director for another organization. Uh, she went off to grad school, uh, did that, uh, completed her degree, came back to, uh, to Illinois, and I was able to connect to an organization so she can get her second job that aligns with her master's degree. And, uh, you know, we were just uh, uh, friends and just hung out. She loved to, to volunteer, like I like to volunteer, uh, loves okay. to engage with youth. And a lot of folks are saying, like, y'all were dating for a year. I'm like, where are we? That's why if anybody asks us, when did you guys start dating? I'm like, we have no clue. <laughs> that, like, that, that's how smooth uh, that, that whole process was. And just realizing, I'm like, wait, I get a chance to volunteer with somebody who I've known for a while. We get along great. I love her family. She loves my family. We make each other laugh. We hold each other accountable. Okay, this might be one of those people who I may want to spend some time with, like, you know, the rest of your life with. And even even my my... My my dad's like, boy, I know you love that girl. <laughs> saying in the old, saying in the only way that an older black man could say, <laughs> as as he was a uh, uh, sipping a glass of wine. And the closest analogy I can have that is like if you're if you've seen the movie Django, where you got Samuel Jackson sitting in the parlor, uh, uh, swigging the glass, like you know the hair for that guy, right? <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> almost like how my how my dad's is like. So like, son. I know you love that girl. So what, what, what are you doing? And, you know, that in my mind, it's like, you know what, seeing the relationship that my, my dad had uh, with my uh, stepmom and even with the rest of his family, it's like, you know, I'd love to be able to continue that for my generation. So when, when did, uh, was it like you always knew that you were in love with her, but she didn't know? Or did it did something like hit you one day? It's like, dang, I do love her. It, it, because we, it, it's kind of tough because we've known each other for years and I'm like, okay, she's cute. And, you know, I, and she thought I was cute, but we were in different relationships at the time, different parts of the country. 
But anytime that she was in town, uh, uh, we and some mutual friends will always meet up at her parents' house uh, for uh, whether it's like a Christmas, you know, party meal or Thanksgiving meal, because we would all do our different rounds and different plates. I mean, if somebody can cook good, you're going to run by the house and get a plate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just the more we kind of spent time, the more it's kind of like, okay, I have some other dates lined up, but I'm not really thinking about those other dates. I keep thinking about her. And that's when my dad was like, son, if you keep thinking about her, that's probably who you should focus on. And I crack up even just reminiscing about that. Cause that's exactly what, my, what happened to my dad <laughs> uh, before um, he decided to continue to, to, uh, to date my, my stepmom, my dad had, a number of different dates, you know, new, newly uh, divorced uh, father, uh, had a number of different dates lined up. And my dad said, was up front with him. was like, hey, we'll go on a date. I have some other dates lined up. If we have a good time, we'll do it again. If not, we at least had a good meal. Yeah. And he kept it that simple and that real. And after he took my stepmom on a, a date, he's like, we have fun. Hey, what about, uh, you know, this weekend? I can cancel a couple of, I can cancel the rest of my dates and the rest is history. <laughs> so he kind of taught me, he's like, you know, when you really gel with somebody, the rest of the world, you start focusing on them yeah. and you start focusing on them because you can kind of sense that they start focusing on you. And so when both people are covering each other's backs and looking at each other's future, all your bases are covered. That's awesome. You have a, uh, a very interesting uh, vantage point, you know, from, uh, <laughs> you know, from seeing your dad navigate, you know, going through a divorce to, you know, living in two different homes and not yeah. really missing a beat when it comes to love. It seems like, it seems like the love was always there. Um, Cause I, right now I'm experiencing that my, I'm divorced. I'm recently divorced uh, for the last year and a half. And uh, you know, kind of juggling that transition from them coming to my place on the weekend to being yep. with child's mother during the week uh I, for, when they come up here i don't want want them to feel like they're not receiving love or enough of it like i want them to you know feel like nothing nothing else matters like it's, it's only love yeah. always love so uh so it's, it's good to hear those stories like even from uh from your perspective as you've been through it and uh and, and it's doable and and uh I'm, I'm from the same age like i don't argue like uh, Dr. Raheem tries to argue with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, argue, lively discussions. Yeah, that's more like a spirited debate. Yeah, I call it conversation amongst men. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I take value in uh, relationships and uh, even ones that don't work out, it's still something there that you can you know, salvage. So. Yeah, kudos to your dad. Well, 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 I'll definitely give you a secret tip about that. Kids know when their father meets the next person, the right person. Oh. And, I, and I say this from personal experience because I remember when they were early in the, their dating time period, uh, my dad had to pick up my stepmom from somewhere. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the truck because my dad was driving a truck at the time. And I'm kind of just sitting in the middle of them as he's, you know, picking up from uh, work to uh, take her. Uh, home and me as a little kid I'm sitting here kind of going like huh this feels right I'm relaxed my dad feels relaxed she feels relaxed there's just a vibe that I can't explain and I'm like huh okay that's gonna end up with her and I'd be happy if you would so I, I would definitely say kids definitely know 
And I knew that a couple years before they did. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Was that like the first time you met um, your stepmom? Yeah, you had met yeah, that, 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 that was, was the first time. Yeah, that was that was that was uh, it was the first. No, no, I, I wouldn't say it was the first time. But it was probably one of the first couple times, maybe the first three or four times. Because uh, uh, I may have met her somewhere for lunch, where Dad was just gradually trying to introduce me to her. And here's the thing: she was the only one who I ever met too. Mm. She was the only uh, person who was dating that I ever met, and you know, it just it just clicked for me uh, at that time. And so she's known my family years prior to them uh, uh, dating and you know for me I don't really consider my stepmom I consider my you know mom number two <laughs> your dad seems to be like um, a lot of the things well the way that you describe him like he's real intentional in the things that, yeah. he, that he does um, is that like an accurate uh, yeah he, he's real intentional about uh, everything that he does but he doesn't take himself too seriously yeah. And, and that's probably one of my, my biggest takeaways is that I can sometimes see people have a million and one goals and get tightened and, and stressed out. For him, you know, he can have a long day and come home laughing, joking. You would never know if there was any drama or challenges during the day. And I, and I kind of – that was probably one of my biggest lessons I, I learned for me is no matter how hard your previous 24 hours were, you have a choice to help choose – your next 24 hours because that's one of the lessons my grandfather taught him is that he said misery is a choice you, you can choose to deal with your situation or you can choose to find ways to move beyond your situation and so uh, I remember when I uh, went to a track and field meet matter of fact the first time I did the 200 meter dash I was so used to being one of the fastest kids if not the fastest kid in my school and I did the 100 meter dash and I'm like, Dad, it's twice as long. He's like, that's why it's a 200-meter dash versus a 100-meter dash. I'm like, yeah, but these guys have been running this for a while. And he's like, son, move your arms, relax your legs, relax your jaw. And so him just giving me that, that pep talk, I ended up winning the race. And some of the other kids are like, what else does he know? <laughs> they, were, they were asking him uh, 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 sprint questions. And so – for me, it's even seeing him uh, after he had his heart attack, you know, he was laughing and joking about that. It's like, Dad, you had a heart attack. He's like, yeah, they did, you know, they did a little surgery on me. But, you know, I, you know, I could say I'm like Iron Man. I got a little metal stint in me. You know, they just didn't put the little arc reactor and suit around me. But, hey, let's go cook something. And, and so, for me, I, I, that's probably the, probably the best lesson I, I've learned is that, you know, life's a journey and how you approach it is how you also look at self-care. Like I, I see a lot of people look at stressful situations and they let it eat at them versus for somebody I know who had a lot of different, has gone through different drama. You would never know. And, and I take that and stride on how do I learn that for myself, but how can I make sure I can imbue that with my own kids? Because doing a lot of youth development work, as much information as I had access to as a kid, our, you know, today's generation, they have access to the whole world with, you know, their cell phone. Like, so who knows what they'll have by then? It's like, Hey, I got a contact lens that's got access to the internet. So it's like, how do they view themselves in a, a, with, in a positive way with self-esteem? How do they view their family unit and how do they know who they represent? Cause that was kind of one of the things I, I 
looking when it comes to legacy, I know who I am, but also I know whose I am. <laughs> and, and, and making sure that, you know, especially, you know, carrying my dad's name, I don't want to do something crazy and says, you know, you know, that Dwayne Wilson, I don't want folks to go like, well, which Dwayne did that? <laughs> so, uh, and that's one of the things that my, my wife actually brought this to me. She said, hey, you know, when we have a son, I also want to name him Dwayne too. And so, you know, hearing that, you know, even before we were even engaged, uh, you know, just really kind of showed the influence of my dad, even just in my wife's, my wife's life. And so for me, it's like, okay, how do I con- continue that, that legacy of uh, impact? How do I continue that, that warmth and genuineness and that realness that, you know, my, my, my father has learned from his father. Yeah, man. If I have a shot tonight, man, I have it to Dwayne the Third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that's great, man. I look at um, your whole story, uh, and I will compare it to your background because uh, you know a lot of kids go through a divorce and they don't have that that type of story to tell where it worked out and everybody was happy and everybody still had fun throughout the whole process. And um, if someone else um, is listening to this and they're having a, a different experience, hopefully they can hear this and know that it's going to be okay. And they can, uh, you know, kind of learn from this. Like uh, it doesn't have to be tumultuous the whole time. You can choose yeah. happiness. It's a choice. So it seems like your dad had a real good grip on that. And it's kind of trickled down to you. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to trickle down to your kids and, and so forth, you know, going forward. So, yeah, kudos, kudos to your dad. Happy Father's Day to your dad, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely let him know, and uh, I, I got to figure out what he wants for Father's Day. That's always the toughest thing is, like, he got a brand-new smoker. Uh, we were smoking some some chicken the other day, so I'm like, you know what? Let me supply some of the food, and I'll cook. And uh, those are those are my – I've traveled all over the world, but some of, to this day, my favorite, some of my favorite moments is literally we barbecue – we have a beer, we sit on the couch, talk about life, and watch a crazy action movie. Those are my favorite moments. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I also will qualify this as one of my uh, Hall of Fame episodes. I think I'm up to like 20 Hall of Fame episodes so far. Uh, but right. now recently, literally, like back to back, the call we did, just had before this one, Hall of Fame. And this one, Dwayne, Hall of Fame. I had to put it on the rafters, man, because uh, it's an important story, man, to tell. And uh even though you don't have any children, uh, we, we normally talk to dads, but we talk to everybody. Really, we talk to women. We talk to, you know, people that don't have kids. So, uh, your perspective is definitely uh, is, is is. I'm glad that we're able to share that with with the people that's that's gonna listen to this, man. So, uh, I appreciate you for that. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, you know, even just learning from you guys. I I, I listened to a couple of the uh, earlier uh, podcasts, and what you guys are doing is something that's sorely needed. Uh, in the world right now where folks can get a variety of perspectives and the full uh, uh, scope of fatherhood in its many different forms on learning, you know, life from the adult perspective on the impact of fatherhood, but also just some of the ways that it impacts uh, children for generations to come, not just, just this generation, but literally for generations that are unborn will benefit from your podcast. So thank you. Thank you for reaching out. And I'm, I'm happy I was able to be a part of this. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Man. And this is this in my Hall of Fame as well. 
Right <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, hey, if I can be part of a fall of fame, awesome. And, and if any of the things I was able to sh uh, share, uh, you know, helps uh, impact some lives, that's literally part of my, my, my life tree. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, comic book fan. And so I know with Spider-Man, where great power also comes great responsibility. Uh, I'm also a man of faith. So at the same time, it's like my favorite verse is Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given much is required. So I always look at ways on how can I give back because I, I've had a blessed life and I want to make sure I can do my part uh, in any way, shape or form, no matter big or small to help others. Thank you, that was man. one of the lessons I definitely learned from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had to, um, if, for the dads that are listening, one of the last questions we ask is, uh, if you had to give advice to any daddy, a new dad or existing dad, what would that advice be? Oh, be intentional in making time for your children. Because I know some people, as we get in a very busy world, we can get busy with work, we can get busy with our own hobbies. It's the difference between finding time and it's the difference in making time. Uh, make time for your kids because trust me, they're watching, they notice. And when they see that you're spending time and investing uh, in what they're up to, it can be something simple as, hey, we're going to do a tea party. Hey, we're going to play video games. Hey, we're going to uh, just eat mac and cheese and just look at the sky. It doesn't matter how big or how small. It's definitely something that that child will cherish for years to come some of my my some of my favorite memories is us making a meal burning the hell out of the meal because we didn't cook it right but we went out <laughs> to, to grab a meal i still remember those and that some of those things made me a better cook uh just uh you know play remember that play is integral to a kid's development but also it helps them view the world and view you as a human it views helps them view you as someone who can be fun and that's probably the best advice I can give a father is that make time for your kids and make time for your family, especially while you can. Yeah, that's good, man. Beautiful. Now, if uh, the people had to reach you any type of way, uh, how would they be able to get in contact with you? Yeah, probably the easiest way to uh, reach me is on uh, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I pretty much accept pretty much almost all friend requests uh, just because as much as I'm sure people can try to look through my profile and connect me, connect with me on different engagements, whether it's a nonprofit to media work or book work, uh, which I forgot to mention. Part of the things I did with my dad also influenced me to write my kid's book too. <laughs> um, nice. But I'm sure that could be for another uh, uh, podcast, but uh, they can definitely reach me on my LinkedIn. Just search for Dwayne C. Wilson. And uh, uh, they can also uh, visit my website. Uh, either myself or my admin will be able to uh, connect us as well. My voiceover website is voiceoversbydwaynewilson.com. And uh, I also can be reached through uh, Amazon as well uh, through my book link. Uh, my book is called Jackie and the Dreamstock. And it teaches uh, kids 9 through 14 how to be entrepreneurs. And I got part of that was... My dad was an entrepreneur. My grandmother was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. And it's like, you know what? From the here and there experiences and some of my experiences, what can I do to make it an easy read and accessible for kids around the world? 
putting this in my cart right now, man. I got a nine-year-old, so that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, well, I'm in town. I'm happy to stop by and autograph it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. We got to link up yeah. so you can head out of town, man. But oh, yeah. We can definitely arrange that, man. All right, uh, Dr. Rodney, did you have anything? Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I didn't have any more questions. Just um, thanks again for, for uh, doing this with us, and uh, appreciate you. It was good. Oh, I appreciate you guys. As I said uh, sincerely, what you guys are doing, I, I know is going to impact some lives, and I know it's already impacted some lives. Me just being able to share some of the things has impacted me. It's like you know what, the, everybody has a story to tell, yeah. and. Everybody can learn from dialogue, especially when now we're still in this virtual world and virtual space. We can still create something beautiful together that changes the world and changes lives. Yes, yes, we can. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm honored to, uh, for you to even say that, man. It's, it's, uh, it means a lot because uh, we, I do feel that. I generally do feel like we're making an impact. And uh, I want to definitely keep that going. I'm glad you're a part of that. You know, uh, and I would love to have a part two with you, man, uh, if we can do that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's definitely uh, some more. It's more some more to that story. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's just I got I got I got I got stories upon stories upon stories. That's why I wanted to do like, what's the highlight condensed version? <laughs> yeah, it's like the first movie. You can't say everything in the, in the first movie, but the, the sequel normally is when it goes down. Normally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, uh, for myself, uh, Sir Royce Brialis, and for Dr. Raheem Young, and also for our guest Dwayne Wilson. Uh, this is it the second or junior? Uh, we, my mom went through uh, labor, so we have a different middle name. <laughs> my dad's middle name is Erwin. My middle name is Cameron because my mom's name is Carolyn. She's like, no, I'm getting an initial in there somewhere. <laughs> but everybody used to call me uh, uh, Little Dwayne or Dwayne Cameron. And so uh, we already know when I have my, uh, uh, when I have a son, uh, he'll have my name and also have my father-in-law as his middle name. So we already got that set up. So we'll just call him right. Trey and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so for Dwayne C. Wilson, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, stay tuned for further announcements. All right, and uh, that's a wrap. Yes, yes, Sir Royce here. And I want to thank you again for listening to WTF Interviews. Leave a review as it helps more people like yourself receive the message. Also, consider donating to Welcome to Fatherhood. It's a nonprofit that myself and Dr. Raheem Young created to help dads showcase their superpowers to the masses. You can do that by going to wtfatherhood.org. Again, gratitude and be well. You already are.